It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Here we go. It's episode 600. Welcome to Carcone Carne, sponsored by our friends at Siren Records in McHenry. I am going to Siren Records in McHenry. I haven't figured out if I'm going Saturday or Sunday, but I need to get that new Gojira album and just spend time there. Spend time browsing the stacks of music. They, I always love, right when you walk in Siren Records, right on the right side of the door, that's all the stuff they recently acquired. And that's always a gold mine. That's where I find tons of cool shit. I've got the uh, Ziggy Marley conscious party album last time i walked in there that it was in that section uh they go deep on metal and punk uh they've got tons of cassettes if you're into that cassettes are back they've got a wall of cassettes uh, i love going there it is it is my smithsonian siren records McHenry. thanks to them for being part of episode 600 or 600 if you prefer so i'm james van Osel. this is Seven years in the making, 600 episodes. Tonight is the Night of 1,000 Stars, which will be more like 25 or 30, uh, but it sounded way cooler to say Night of 1,000 Stars. I'll be joined starting in a few minutes by guests nonstop between now and 10, 1030. Uh, no real agenda. We're just going to kind of wing it with all these guests. It's going to be awesome. And to be clear, I, I'm never, or I've never been one to want to throw my own party but I recognize that this is kind of a milestone that a lot of podcasts don't reach. And on top of it all, episode 600 is happening the same night as a pink supermoon. This was meant to be. Uh, now, here's the thing about podcasting. Anyone can do it. When I say a lot of podcasts don't hit episode 600, it's true, but anyone can do it. Anyone can do a podcast. I'm recording into a Sennheiser microphone right now. Very swanky, cool uh, microphone, but for all intents and purposes, I could get just as far recording a podcast into my cell phone, just doing voice notes or something. The barrier for entry for podcasting is ridiculously low. It's never been lower. It's uh, I, I did an interview last night or yesterday afternoon for the History of Alternative podcast with uh, Raymond Watts of Pig and Chris Connolly of Revolting Cox and Ministry. And we talked about the democratization of the music business, how Anyone can get in. Anyone can record. And it's been true with podcasting, too. Broadcasting in general, democratization. Anyone who has the inclination, who has the urge, can create their own show. I, I tried. You know, when the uh, pandemic started, when we all started the sheltering in place, being stuck at home, I, I tried to encourage people to podcast, to join the ranks of podcasters. I volunteered my help and services. And some people took me up on it. Uh, but the thing about podcasting, as it does require a fair amount of dedication, tenacity, stubbornness. And part of that requires the host, a podcaster, to look past disappointing audience numbers in the beginning because they are disappointing. They're, they're uh, soul-crushingly low from the beginning. It, hosts who do podcasts, people who decide to do podcasts, start out doing it for the love of the game. If they start out doing it for money and financial reward, it quickly becomes disappointing. And that's why you see a lot of people fall off uh, through my stubbornness and tenacity. I'm still here seven years later, episode 600 for the past 13 months. I've been doing this podcast from right here at home quarantine con carne. And originally the plan for tonight was to do episode 600 in my car as my podcast was recorded 
for the first six years. I did my podcast in my Mazda 3, uh, meeting guests outside local city and suburban restaurants, brew pubs, grabbing our food to go, sitting in the front seat of the car, do an interview and do it over dinner. My goal was to do that for tonight. I don't think the world's quite ready for that. I, I put out some feelers for guests and participating restaurants. I think once we get a little little further in our vaccinated world, it'll be time. Tonight's not the time, and I'm perfectly cool doing this the night of 1,000 stars from home for episode 600 of Car Con Carne. Uh, so a little bit of background of Car Con Carne, how this all started. And some people may have heard me say this before. Uh, you may have read it on the website, carconcarne.com. I started this show back in May of... 2021 minus seven years, 2014, um, with my friend Mike Braddon. He and I worked together at Q101 and later at 94.7 The Zone, uh, both stations completely gone from the FM band. But we started it together. We worked together. He is a voiceover artist without peer. You've heard him on movie trailers. You've heard him in national commercials. A really successful dude, really good at what he does. And when we started the show, the concept was we wanted to go to barbecue restaurants. And at the time, Chicago especially was in the midst of a barbecue boom. There were barbecue restaurants popping up everywhere. And so we decided we wanted to start a podcast where we would record just us talking at local barbecue restaurants. We realized pretty early on that the ambient noise in restaurants and just the logistics made that impossible. And so he had the idea because he's a voiceover guy. He said, you know, when I'm not at home and I need to record, this is a guy who knows everything about studios and studio equipment. He said, when I'm not at home and I need to record, I duck into my car. I always carry my laptop and a microphone with me. Being inside a car is as close to being in a soundproof space as I can get when I'm not near a studio. And with that, the idea for Car Con Carne was essentially born. We would record inside a car and take the food from the restaurants we were going to visit into the car. And that's what we did together, uh, Mike and I, for the first year. And then because he is, as mentioned, a very successful voiceover talent, he was summoned to live in New York. It made more sense for him from a career perspective to move out to Brooklyn and be closer to his agents and anyone who hires voiceover artists. So that left me solo. And you know, throughout any entrepreneurial endeavor, there are inflection points along the way. And my choice was kill the podcast after he moved, take on a new co-host or go at it solo. And here we are. I've been solo for six years and I kind of like the rotating bodies that I talk to every week or every show. Uh, it keeps me fresh. I think it keeps it interesting as well, excuse me as well. And because we've been in the quarantine for the past 13 months, my weekly format switch to nightly. This is yet another night of quarantine con carne. And I've really enjoyed this type of dialogue, doing video streaming like this, turning these video chats into audio episodes. So when I do return to the car, which is it's forthcoming, it will happen. Uh, when I do return to the car, I also reserve the right to the, the desire to keep doing things like this. Because as much as I want to have people in my car, I'm realistic in that not everyone can join me in my car. In fact, a lot of the guests I had over the past year aren't local to Chicago, and they couldn't have possibly jumped in my car like Chris Franz of Talking Heads or Michael Shannon. So 
I'm going to go back to the car, but I'm also going to do these too because it's easy and it makes it uh, so that I can have access to people who otherwise can't sit in my Mazda 3 and share jalapeno poppers and chicken tenders with me. Uh, tonight, we are live streaming on both YouTube and Facebook. Once this is all said and done, I will have in my hands a gigantic audio file, which I'll need to figure out what to do with. I'll need to turn it into a podcast episode or a series of episodes. Whatever that becomes, it's going to be a nightmare of audio work for me. I'm a, I'm a team of one, actually a team of two tonight. My pal Giorgio Reyes is producing uh, tonight, which I greatly appreciate. Could not have done that without him tonight. Uh, so if you're waiting for the audio podcast, give me a day or two just to catch. I, when I'm done with this tonight, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the bathroom. It's going to be a long night. Uh, second thing, I'll probably have dinner. I probably won't edit audio from this for a couple days at least. You know, it's interesting. My guest list for tonight, it's a little all over the place, but it's a lot of people who've been on the show before, who've appeared on Carcon Carne over the past seven years. What I found, this is, I don't know if this is a pro tip. Uh, I've found that every time I book a quote unquote celebrity or a giant name for the podcast, the audience doesn't respond as well as they do to people from our community or just interesting people. I, I think having celebrities on Carco and Carney has been great and it, it's helped legitimize what I've done here as a podcaster. It's helped attract more guests, but the podcast episodes that really resonate are with local bands, local people, people who genuinely enjoy the publicity. A, a lot of celebrities are at a level where publicity is just part of their day. They, they do junkets. They, talk to everybody and those interviews that get out into the universe aren't special or interesting or different. So I, I found and I continue to actively pursue lesser known individuals, independent artists, people off the beaten track. It's been a pretty good strategy and it, it, it's my comfort spot as well. Uh, true to everything I expected. My first guest is already late. <laughs> I just, I knew, I knew this was how it was going to start. Um, but that's fine. Here, Giorgio, I'm going to put, I'm going to put you on. Okay. That's Giorgio Reyes, the producer. I should unmute myself. You I? should. Yeah. I, I knew it. I knew I, the, the ambitious effort of booking like 30 guests. I knew that something would derail it. I didn't think it would happen right out of the gate. <laughs> I didn't think it would be within minutes of starting episode 600. Yeah, I feel on the spot. Well, you are on the spot. Literally, yeah, I, I just, am. I just, I just, see, this is the worst. When I did talk radio on WGN, it was the same thing. I can monologue for about seven or eight minutes. Then I hit that 10-minute point. I'm like, oh, fuck, I, I, I have nothing else. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I don't know where to go. I need another human being to talk to, someone to, I mean, there are radio personalities who could just bloviate in front of a mic for hours on end they don't need any kind of sounding board anyone to bounce stuff off of they're good wind them up i like having discourse i like having a back yeah. and forth yeah it you just, need that it's natural it's natural, it's natural. uh so actually I, as we're talking giorgio and this is part of the reason i, I dragged you on I, I now need to open up my email see this is the difficulty of having a small staff um yeah. I need to email the guest who's in no show right now. Bush League, I tell you. Bush I know, League. Honestly. 
Uh, a subject, donde está? Are you jumping on? Well, now if they don't speak Spanish. I think he does. Oh, okay, cool. Then we're good. Is that appropriation? Am I doing something bad? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, you won't get canceled. <laughs> it's it's a concern. I mean, there's five hours of this. You might get canceled sometime. It's like I was watching um, Bill Maher on a Friday night, and S.E. Cup was one of his guests, the mm. commentator from CNN, a uh, Republican commentator. And she was. they were talking about life under the pandemic, and she said something like, it was like one big punch in the dick. And then she paused. She's like, I'm sorry, I haven't done this for a while. Like, we're all a little bit out of practice in dealing with people. It's hard when you're at your home talking like you shouldn't be, you know? <laughs> uh, so that said, I'm going to make you go away. That's Giorgio Reyes. He's producing. And I would like to welcome to the show. I, I would call him the Carcon Carne MVP, really. He, he is a musician. He's a songwriter. He's a star. His latest album is The Hideout Sessions on Pravda Records. He is Smoking Pope's frontman, Josh Caterer. James, always a pleasure. Thank you for being here. I, for the record, you, uh, let's let's recap this here. You have appeared on Carcon Carney on episode 14, 39, 85, 178, 250, 284, 315, and 283, Josh Caterer. Wow. Um, I, uh, can I, can you text those numbers to me? Because I want to go back and re-listen to all those. That's right. Actually, not 283. I think that was 580, 583. Whatever was right before the hideout sessions. Okay. Yeah. So if I, I, I remember being, I was on the show as a guest at least once before I played music on the yes. show, right? Right. Was that, was that the second time I was on or the third time I was on where I said, hey, how about I bring my guitar? I think it was the second. That was when we went to the Texan. The Texan, yeah, in Algonquin. In Algonquin. I remember I, I suggested to you beforehand, hey, do you want me to like, should I bring a guitar? It was just a casual suggestion. Uh, should I bring a guitar and like play a song? And you were like slightly freaked out at that suggestion. It was just a logistic, it was a logistical thing. Yeah, I, I, because you I, seemed to doubt your own ability to capture that, uh, you know, uh, be it limitations of your equipment or your own. Uh, you oh, know, all, all the above. I, I don't know gear. I, I, I don't know mixing audio. I'm no Mike Fellamly. <laughs> like it, like it wasn't going to sound good. But I was convinced that if you simply point one microphone at the guitar and another one at my face, it's going to sound okay, and we'll be fine. And it was, and uh, it turned out to be a, a joyful experience for us, but also uh, a happy sort of fork in the road for your uh, for your podcast. Because you it start was. doing that on the regular. It was. it was. It was a great change of direction. And it was not long after that when you created the Carcon Carney theme song, which people which people love and adore. And that was a lot of fun. I recorded that uh, with my friend uh, David Benkert, who had a home studio and played drums on it. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, if, if he gets if he gets props for that, but I, I'm officially registering his name in uh in rock history by saying that he engineered and played drums on the carcon carne theme song which i mean it's hard to write a good song in general but to make an effective catchy song in 30 seconds or less well the key is you you know you 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 start with the end in mind right and i knew that the song all hinged on a on a cathartic 
declaration of the name James Van Osdol. It all had to build up <laughs> to, <laughs> to an almost accomplished. transcendent proclamation of James Van Osdol. And so it was all building toward that moment. So the last time you were on, we uh, it was a preview of what became the Hideout Sessions, the recording of this recently released album, which I absolutely love. Uh, all these standards and some smoke reimagined smoking Pope songs. You're doing this again at space. We are doing this again. We decided to, uh, we, we decided that the concept of the album was worth exploring even further. Um, but that it would be cool to kind of move it around to, to different clubs in a way that might just sort of, uh, you know, highlight uh, the, the connectedness of the, of the music community and, and the uh, you know point of spotlight at different venues, um, so we're taking it to space in Evanston, which mm-hmm. is a, a lovely uh, venue that I've always loved seeing shows there. I've played there uh, once, and it's just a magical place to be. So uh, that seemed like a logical next spot. And so um, we're gonna what we're gonna do is gonna be a a, a virtual show that's gonna be similar in many ways to what we did at the hideout. We're going to perform a, a, a batch of songs that are, you know, a combination of covers of older material and reimagined versions of songs that I've written for the Popes and for uh, other projects. Um, we have a, a couple extra special guests lined up for this one that are gonna join me um, that I think people are gonna like. And it will eventually be released as an album called The Space Sessions. I love that. Will you, will you wear astronaut suits on stage? <laughs> uh, if you think that's a good marketing idea. I do. You know, it's interesting. I Looking at the hideout sessions, Megan made the list. I get the sense just based on the frequency with which you perform the song that that is a, a personal Smoking Pope's favorite of yours. Um, yeah, I enjoy singing it. Uh, people seem to like it, and but it also it seemed like the kind of song that um, you know w- would do well with a slightly different approach. Like that, that's what I was when, when deciding which of my own songs to redo. Uh, I was just looking for things that, like you know, if you if you put a different spin on it, it it seems to have a you know to bring it to life somehow. And that, and that was a song where simply uh, we didn't change too much except for that we cut the the tempo down to halftime. So mm-hmm. it, it, instead of like bouncing along, it sort of like plods along in a more, I don't know, in a more definite way that, that kind of gives a whole different feel to the song. And, and uh, I really like that. It's like, you know, holding up the diamond and turning it so you can see it from a different angle or something. Now, are are you and the other guys coalescing as a band now? The, the Josh, you and the the new Josh Caterer band. Are you guys kind of coming together as a unit? I mean, you're still a new band. You still have that new band smell. <laughs> we do, we do. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're you know been getting ready for this for this next one and working on a new batch of material and and uh, fe- yeah, we have had that discussion where we're we're starting to really feel like a band. With the hideout sessions, it was all like, you know, that little awkward getting to know you 
uh, dating stage, but we've now moved into the uh, engagement courtship segment where we're really familiarizing ourselves with each other. So will the space sessions be like the hideout sessions, empty room? Yes. Yes. I don't think what's your, what's your prediction on when we're going to be having indoor in-person concerts again? My guess is truly as good as yours. The, the answer is not soon enough, but also soon enough. Right. Yeah. I mean, from talking to some different people uh, in the biz, it seems like um, before the end of the year, people seem to be confident that, you know, fourth quarter of this calendar year, we might be doing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm ready to do stuff, but I know the world's not there yet. Right. I'm fully vaccinated too. And what we have clearance from the CDC that a bunch of fully vaccinated people can get together. Right. Right. So now you just have to, in theory, if you, if, if, if everybody who shows up has the little card, then um, we can, we can gather with, with relative confidence, but still, does that mean, you know, you're, you're going to go back to like standing shoulder to shoulder with strangers, you know, holding the beer in front of you and the, the aerosol cloud of the person next to you is actually landing in your beer. Right. Right. It, the one thing I, I won't welcome the return of, and I hope it doesn't come back. I hate handshakes. Yeah. Hate them. I mean, it, not out of just, I'm, I'm fine with knucks. We could do that. We could do the elbow thing, whatever, but the, the sweaty, clammy handshake, the, the limp handshake, it just, it all feels weird and vaguely icky. I think it's a good time for us as a society to reassess the handshake. Right. Also, I've, I've sort of started to like uh, wearing a mask for certain reasons. Um, well, you can sneer. You can Behind sneer. It, you can make faces. You can kind of, uh, I occasionally have been known to, to mutter to myself under my breath, but then I've always been self-conscious that people are going to see my lips moving a little bit, but the mask covers that up gives me the privacy that i require in a public setting yeah when you got your vaccine when i got vaccinated i didn't re i didn't expect that it would feel as emotional as it did to me yeah i, I just i i kind of took a second and i was awash in the oh here we are this is the finish line after this year mm -hmm. yeah i i can relate to that um there is a, a, an emotional, a powerful emotional uh, response to, among other things, part, and tell me if, you, if, you, if this was part of your experience, was like, I got the sense that I was sort of participating in an important, like, communal event. And I was yes. like one, I was one cell in that, but that it was a large, larger, important event, like... Uh, like kind of how I felt like, you know, it, it, you go down to like the Chicago Marathon and you're standing there and you're like, you're one of the people that's like cheering on the runners. <laughs> like I've, I would never actually run in the Chicago Marathon, but there's nope. something powerful about being there. And there's just so many people, it's such a huge crowd and you're all like participating in this triumphant thing. And like, you, you just feel connected to the larger group, even though, uh, I don't know. It's not like, you know, all of them personally, but I, I felt like that was like, yes, uh, we, we, as a, as a people have, have 
responded to this situation with this, with a vaccine. This is how we, we as humans, you know, rise up to meet this challenge. And I am happy to uh, be part of that. As, as, as it says on that MC5 record, you know, you have to decide whether you are going to be part of the problem. <laughs> yes. Or whether you are going to be part of the solutions. Yes, yes the MC5. Thank yes. you, Josh Caterer. Hey, I didn't post my vaccination card or a picture of myself getting vaccinated as so many did for a lot of reasons. One of which being before I was vaccinated, I don't, whatever the public health version is of FOMO is where you feel like you're missing out on something. Yeah. I, I was starting to feel, I don't know, angry or bitter. Like how come I can't get a vaccine? And uh, this Jamoke is, I, I started to get that kind of anxiousness and I would get kind of resentful seeing all these pictures of people getting their vaccine or posting their vaccine card before I did. Oh, so like you didn't want thing. to be one of those people that was, I mean, didn't want to make other people feel bad. Right. Yeah. I get that. I think that's valid. Um, I, it kind of felt like my face was being rubbed in it. <laughs> that's one. If you want to put a negative spin on it. <laughs> and I do. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it up. Potential I, I disease thought, carrier. I chose more to be like, before I was able to get vaccinated, every time I saw somebody getting vaccinated, I would always, I would always sort of rejoice for that person and say, yes, what more of us need to be doing this. I can't wait to get mine. And I wanted to be one more person who, who uh, was willing to just stand up and say like, this is, this is good. We should be doing this. You know, I, I, uh, some I know some people who who uh, are at different places on the spectrum of uh, of vaccine hesitancy for different reasons. Not all of them uh, political, <laughs> just some of them personal, you know. And I I just wanted to be uh, I respect wherever anybody's at, but if there's if there's any extent to which I can be uh, helpful in that I'm an example of a person who, who gets it and, uh, doesn't, uh, you know, burst into flames or turn into a zombie. And this is actually, uh, a good thing. Um, and, and here I am, you know, after I got my, my second dose and I, I you know, and I'm, I'm feeling good. Just like they said, you know, you're going to feel crummy for like a day afterwards right. and you're going to be fine. Well, one thing I'm learning again, I already knew this as I'm listening to you say all this, you're, you're a glass half full kind of guy. You, you're, you're a positive force in the universe, Josh Caterer. Well, that's why I think we balance each other out nicely. That's right. Uh, I'm going to bring someone else on. Uh, he's yeah, someone we both know. Neil. That's right. Uh, look at that. It's Tyler Wildy Tyler. from Epic Deli. Hey, man. Uh, what's up? Tyler Wildy, a guest on episodes 31, 44, 85, 120, 121, 138, 168, 192, and 578. That's near (laughs) caterer-like. This will be the second time that we're appearing on Car Con Carne together, right? That's true. So Epic Deli is a fantastic place. One of our favorite places, 2616 Shade Court in McHenry, home of the Smoking Pope sandwich. Oh, yes. And the JVO and the Car Con Carne burger. Yes. So Josh and I appeared in an episode together with Tyler uh, to try each other's sandwiches. Oh, it was yeah. A, yeah. 
It was a glorious event. I'm still full. <laughs> I'm still full. I haven't eaten since then, even though it was like three years ago. <laughs> That's but, right. Um, he just kept bringing food to the table. Yeah, even I, that's my, my favorite thing to do to James. It's it's vaguely sadistic. Like I feel like I should be wearing a ball gag when I go to Epic Deli. Like, <laughs> what what kind of torture is Tyler going to put me through? Tyler, I've been bad. Bring me more poutine. Oh yeah, <laughs> no poutine. Oh man, uh, it's been you're... far too long since I've been up there to Epic Deli. Are you doing? You're do, you're you're doing, you know, you can eat indoors there, right? Yeah. Um, in our in our area, the rule is just uh, you can have tables out. They just all have to be six feet from each other. So, yeah, we've I, got them uh, sporadically placed tables all over. I went there a couple months ago, ate outside. I, I took my son there uh, and we had what was that burger we had? Because it was transcendent. It was it, it was oh. the, the thing of dreams. The uh, the Ken Jennings burger. Yes. Yeah. Explain what that is because that I, I I'm still lusting over that. Uh, that one we actually and we still have it on the menu too. Um, it's a uh, it's a double it's a double smash burger, and then uh, we make like a French onion soup reduction. We just take like a whole pot of French onion soup and cook it for like nine hours, and then make it into like a jam. We put that on there, and then we make a cheese curd skirt, which is like a handful of cheese curds on the flat top. And uh, yeah, and then it has like a like a red miso QP aioli, and uh, that was about it. Yeah. So Josh, and, and, oh, and Gruyere cheese too. Yes. So Josh, why don't we make a date? Like you and I can plan to take some years off the end of our lives, and we, <laughs> we can go to Epic Deli and uh, we'll meet. We'll meet. And we'll uh, have some epic food when when this all shakes out. Should we do that purely? For fun, or should we make another uh, podcast episode out of it? You're getting back in the car pretty soon, right? I will. I want to. I feel. I think I was premature. I started to jump the gun. I wanted to make tonight a return to the car, but I feel like the world's not quite there yet. I, I think the the interest or responsiveness level isn't quite there yet. And I wanted to space it out a little while longer. Yeah, you got to show that vaccine card to get in J JVO's car. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Yeah, I'll start carding people. Yeah. Yeah. There you Sorry, go. you're only you know through your first Moderna. We gotta wait. <laughs> gotta wait. We got four more weeks. Only swab anyone who gets into your car. Exactly. That's right. Although, yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to cut both of you loose. Uh, you know, I love you both. Thank you for you. Both of you have been on the show Thanks so many times, and you, your presence always delights me. Both of you for so many different and, and same reasons. Uh, Josh Caterer of Smoking Popes. Josh Caterer of Josh Caterer. Caterer, uh, Tyler Wildy of Epic Deli. Uh, love you both. Thank you for coming on tonight. You, man. For having me. Love them. Uh, it is Carcon Carney episode 600, the night of a thousand stars. And when you think star, this guy right here, he's a drummer, ah. he's an author, he's an entrepreneur, an educator, a consultant. He's the drummer on Nine Inch Nails Grammy winning song. What song? Ballroom Blitz by That's the right. <laughs> I totally forgot what song you're on. Wish. Jesus, wish. I, God, I, 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 like I wrote out a script and I forgot to write the name of Wish. Uh, he's also a post-punk and industrial hero. <laughs> Jesus, it's Martin Atkins. Uh, lovely to see you. You were on episode 52, 438, and 490. But uh, who's counting? I, I keep track of this stuff. I, I had to after a certain point. I had to start paying attention to this. And I'm always amazed when you jump on the show, Martin, because I swear you're one of the busiest people I know in the music industry. Huh. Really? Oh, you, you're, you're the one beckoning us to get the fuck out of bed every morning. 
I, I think, um, I think it's us oldsters who are actually quite effing dangerous. You know, like I think a bunch of people were really hit hard by the pandemic, and those of us who've been through stuff just got up and carried on. It well pivoted, uh, adapted, and and just kept going. You know. And we talked about that a lot the last time you were on, I, that pivoting and adapting and trying to find your way around it. I mean, you did a couple, you're always doing interesting things. You did the Scratch and Sniff music conference yeah. last year. Yeah. How, did, how did that turn out, by the way? Um, it was really, it was poetry to have, you know, you got a Zoom meeting going on and everybody's just like doing their thing. But to have everybody with their cameras on going, number three, banana, you know. It was just like, just to know that other people were smelling banana, burnt rubber, weed, money, <laughs> allegedly. Um, it just, it was just this kind of interesting connection, you know. Um, it, it was great. It felt like a really good thing to do. Now, as you were creating the, the presentation to be Scratch and Sniff, did you reverse engineer what you said to line up with the smells you wanted, or did you build the smells into what you had already created? Uh, wow. <laughs> I had to, uh, some of the, see, great things happen when you do stuff. Nothing happens when you don't. Right. So I had the most interesting conversations with, uh, Michael Anthony Alago who signed Metallica when he was 24. Right. I'm like, we're doing this thing, scratch and sniff. What do you want your smell to be? And he's like, sweaty boys <laughs> in a mosh pit. I'm like, yeah. I, so I, I end up on the phone with the scratch and sniff company. I'm like, do you have something like, I don't know, the ocean, sweaty boys. They sent me like garlic, cheese. It was just a really bad experience. And then Michael Alago got upset with me, like, because he didn't get the smell. It's like, listen, man, you know, like these ridiculous conversations. But there was definitely, I knew the coffee smell. I could roll that into something. Hey, everybody, wake up. Smell, scratch number seven, coffee, you know. Um, and then sometimes uh, with Michael Alago, uh, because of the Metallica fuel video, I found burning rubber. I'm like, fantastic. This, this will upset him, but it works. <laughs> for the beginning of the video is a tire spinning around. So, um, yeah, it was it – was, you know, the great thing about all of this stuff is you get a story, you know, you get a story. Uh, the the one thing I didn't mention when you jumped on, Martin Adkins, the man behind Pigface. Uh, Pigface made its way to the drive-in during the pandemic. Uh, well, we did, and then we didn't. Uh, we had the T-shirts made, um, paid the deposit, all of that stuff. But then people, this was, uh, when was this? It was like fall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people are like, hey, I don't have a car. Who can I jump in with? And we're like, well, no, you shouldn't be jumping in the car with people you don't know. And people are like, yeah, we're coming down from upstate Michigan. We're like, no. no. And <laughs> oh, in, no. in the end, we're just like, we. it's just not smart for us to do this. I didn't realize it didn't go on. No. I mean, we really, really wanted to do it. The problem with having a band like Pigface well, there's, there's, there's a few. But <laughs> one of them is w w once you let all the barriers down and people join you on stage and you just wander around in the audience for two hours before the show or you let people come to rehearsals, 
you know, you're just walking around hugging everybody. Well, when you can't do that, it gets difficult. And also, one of the other difficult things for me is pig face has always been a statement for me of like, look, blah, 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 talk, talk, type, type, type. But here's pig face. Here's this madly diverse musical, uh, ethnic, uh, all, all different kinds of people from all over the world of different kinds of aptitudes and abilities. And, um, and that was my statement, not talking about make, I'm going to make a statement. And so to not, to not be standing on stage with, with pig face and 40 people on stage and just look around and go, fuck yeah, it's really tough. I'm looking forward to doing that at some point. So. Oh, for sure. And I think we're all tired of the drive-in concept. Uh, Scott Lucas of Local H will join us at some point tonight. Uh, he Those figured guys it out. Are killing it. They're, they're, oh my! Did you, can, you want to hear my story about that? Yeah. And I, and I have. You've got to ask me about. I've got to give you a link to something as well. Okay. But, um, I'm going back 20 years. Um, somebody from Caroline Distribution called me. They're like, "What the hell are you doing with Pig Face and everybody on your label? These guys in Local H." Have eBayed a concert, in a, <laughs> and you could you can book them at a club. They'll play in your basement or a barbecue. Do something, and so we ended up. Our response to that was to eBay a wedding on stage with Pigface, and we've had loads of people get married on stage with us since then. But 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 Scott and Local H were kind of the kindling for that uh, whole idea to take place. I, I think once you as an artist decide not to take yourself too seriously, you open yourself up to all kinds of creative and innovative ideas. Right. And, and you can get more serious. Yes, exactly. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. All right. So what, what am I supposed to remind you about? Um, so I spent the last three years working on the new uh, music industry program at Millican university, which is two hours South of Chicago. And um, so we have this new program where you don't have to audition on an instrument. You don't have to have any traditional instrumental skills, which I think we all know is a, lowers the traditional barriers to uh, acceptance into a program or into a university. So uh, not only are we doing that, but there's a full ride scholarship uh, to a four effing year university. Um, there's also some smaller scholarships, but uh, this starts in the fall, and anybody that's interested, I think Molly's going to drop a link in the Facebook chat or something. Um, but it, it's deadly serious. We're doing some great things with the program, putting students on a tour bus with Pig Face. We did that in 2019. How is um, the how is the room? How's what room? How how is there room for students on a Pig Face tour bus? Well, we had a second bus. I'm there not, it is. I mean, there's all kinds of health and safety issues. With put, putting any extra people on a pig face bus, it's, people think, oh, it's luxury. But it's actually, it's just basically a glorified cattle car, really. You know? <laughs> True uh, enough. Yeah. So you are our de facto guide through the music industry. You are, you're an educator, you're a teacher, you've written books on how to navigate through the music industry. The question, I'm sure I've asked you this, and I'm sure you've been asked plenty over the past year. Where do we go from here? Now that we're emerging from, all this, how do we as a music industry move forward? Well, so this is one of the advantages of being old, right? I remember when drum machines emerged on the scene. Somebody called me and said, that's it for you, Martin? Drum machines. I'm like, oh, no, there's a <laughs> machine. It's over for me. 
until I heard the first Doctor rhythm. Right. But as drum machines have got better, it's just made people less accepting of shitty drumming. <laughs> and so I think that's what's going to happen next. It's like if I go to a show and people are phoning it in or zooming it in on stage, I'm just, not only I'm, I'm not going to walk out, I'm going to walk on stage and start punching people. Like how dare, you know, we've lost this for so long. You better be giving it everything you've got, yeah. you know, uh, because there are people who might not be able to do this anymore, uh, who lost their chance to do it over the last 18 months. And you're taking their spot, and it's mediocre. There's no place for mediocrity anymore. Right. Um, I think things are getting smaller and more intimate and also larger. But I think people have seen the value of creating these small communities, even though they can be all over the world, and going with these small communities. And so people have reworked their idea of what success means. I mean, it can't mean a 1,000 people in a room for a while, you know. Right. Um, so it, you know, you have to enjoy it for some other reasons and, and find some different, uh, hope and some different reasons within it. But, um, I, I think it's been devastating for much of the industry. It's been galvanizing for other parts of the industry and what's going to emerge will be this combination of both. I think I've told you before, the next time I'm drumming, there'll be some waterproof Ziploc bag computer next to my mirror ball and i'll have a zoom session of people going the hell is he doing you know um <laughs> asking me questions in the chat can't talk now i'm drumming you know um it's going to change a lot of things um but it's going to be glorious when it happens it's going to be great to get out there and hug people it is and i, th I think the point you just made is so important this past year sucked for all the reasons we all understand, but I think it's important. A lot of us learned how to do new things and, and create new things. It's important to take the good shit that we learned over the past year and apply it to business as usual. Right. Right. Whether it's, well, it's you zooming behind the kit or whatever. I mean, I'm going to keep doing video interviews like this because it's a really effective way for me to do this podcast. It's it's. Um, and so it's, it's not going to devalue the live experience. It's just going to be like, wow, you know, it's going to create a more intimate setting. If you do something like this live, you know, with a live audience, it's like, oh, okay. Each one of these is a breadcrumb leading people to the live event. You know, I just had a, had a great uh, class with an old student of mine, uh, Louis Carrasquero, gave me a class on NFTs today. Gave me a, a little tutorial, like an hour-long session. I'm like, there's so much new and interesting stuff going on. And, um, uh, so, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing the next 600 episodes of Car Con Carne. The NFT thing, it's, you know, all of a sudden over the past six months, people are like, what the fuck is an NFT? Can I buy that with a Dogecoin? What am I, what am I even saying anymore? I don't understand anything. The world's gotten too confusing. Right. But it's like I tell my students all the time, you think you're graduating, you think this learning curve is over, I'm done with education. You're just starting. It's every day, every week is is another learning curve. Like, oh, no, what do we have to learn now? Where's the mute button on my Zoom? Here you are on StreamYard, which is on my list to jump into. It's a little yeah. pricier. A little pricier than going Zoom. Yeah, you, can do the you, branding. Can, you can do some stuff and, yeah. Oh, yeah, look at this. Whoa, hey, Whoa. How about that, yeah. 
<laughs> hey, hey, we're not fucking around now. This is this is legit. Uh, you said something before I let you go. The last time we talked, and, and I tried to paraphrase this and failed miserably. <laughs> you talked about basically putting good out into the world and how it comes back to reward you as a creator and as a as a business owner. Do you do you know where I'm going with this? Because I, I thought it was so insightful, and it, it's helped inform a lot of the way I've conducted myself since we talked. Oh, thank you. Um, well, it it almost sounds like a, a religious vibe, you know. Um, uh, it's a little bit good Samaritan, but it's also strategic. If you want to get, if you want to do something to elevate your career, you're you're fucked. You're screwed. What can you do? You know. Uh, the people whose attention you think you want to get are being bombarded with other people like you, 60,000 songs a day uploaded to Spotify, people just desperate to get somewhere. But meanwhile, there are people banging around who would just like you to listen to a song, smile, give them a time of day, spend some time, help them out, you know, and um, uh, that's easier for you to do. It's Night of 1,000 Stars, it's Karakun Carney, Martin Atkins of Pigface. There he is. Eventually, th this stuff will come back to you. It just will. And I, I see people all the time. You were really, you were nice to my son 22 years ago at a Pigface show. Uh, but, but, but here's my, here he is now, and he wants to send you a new thing that he makes. Like, just stuff. Um, it doesn't come back immediately sometimes. But um, it's gratifying immediately, you know. And the interesting thing is you do small stuff and it makes a difference. I end up on these international conference calls with people from all over the world telling them about this tiny, small, local stuff I've been doing. So just by staying local and making an impact, you end up telling that story globally. All right. So, Martin Atkins, what are you working on now? Uh, NFTs. Um, you you are, yeah. Uh, we're working on NFTs, and we're opening uh, a new museum, um, which will be partially run by students. Um, be part of the program at Millican. So if you want to, if you want to work at my uh, a museum in Chicago, there'll be an internship through the through the university. It's the uh, Museum of Post Punk and Industrial Music, and um, we already have a founders T-shirt which is $125. It's a ridiculously expensive shirt, but it gets you in to the pre-opening events, listening events, things that I can't play uh, for public consumption. Although I think we will be able to once we're a museum, a bona fide museum. Um, but uh, just this idea of preserving some of these things that I, I just walk into every day and formalizing the home for that um, has been really electrifying. and. Um, uh, so I'm working on that, working on new curriculum. Um, I, I'm also working on not drinking. I'm like 75 days into that. Good for you. And trying to get fit for whatever comes next. 16 pounds down already from my pandemic, uh, uh, sad pandemic weight. We're all there with uh, you. Yeah. Um, so next I'll be on the elliptical again and fucking things up by the end of the year, hopefully. Hell yes. Martin Adkins, again, uh, you performed drums on the Grammy-winning song Wish. I can't believe that just left my head as I'm talking to you. Like, I've never listened to that song before. Well, 
it's going to haunt me. You know that stuff, it, like for well, a broadcaster. That, that's there like so many of songs you could have mentioned. I could go that route. True. True. Fair enough. Uh, Martin Atkins, you know, I, I delight in listening to you share wisdom. Uh, I think you're, you're truly an original and I, I love talking to you. Thank you for being part of episode 600. Thank you so much for having me and congratulations, man. Like it's, people don't know, right? I'm sure when you got to 100, you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? Yeah. 600. Next is a thousand. That's right. And you'll be here for that. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. All right. Martin, thank you so much. Nice to see you. Martin Adkins, just read his books. If you are a musician or anyone in the orbit of the music industry, his books are essential to your understanding and navigating through the, this messy music industry business. It is Carcon Carne, episode 600. Oh, my God. Brought to us by our friends at Siren Records, McHenry. Uh, love that place. I love the guests we've had so far. And I'm joined now by a group that has been with us for a couple episodes of Carcon Carne. It is Broken Robots. You've heard them in episode 309. You've heard them in episode 423. Here they are on their CD, Home is Not a Place. Uh, Tony and Kat, nice to see you both. Nice to see you, too. It's really good to see you. Yeah. One of my favorites, a weird way to say it, one of the more interesting, compelling episodes, I, I think, that has ever been put out on Carcon Carne was the first time I had you on where we learned the broken robots story the story of the truly bottoming out hard times you went through before you found each other and pulled yourself up out of the mess and I, to see you here today and i follow you on social media i see how active you are and how productive you are i'm always heartened to see what you're up to knowing the shit you were in not all that long ago yeah yeah yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that episode we did, like, it kind of, like, set the tone for a lot of stuff for the next year, actually. So that was pretty awesome. It was just, like, kind of, like, got the ball rolling, even though, like, right after that, everything stopped. Yeah. But, you know, I think that was the first time a lot of people got to hear our story and uh, kind of see what we were all about. Hey, and I remember before we started talking, I, I didn't want to be sensational. I didn't know if it would make you uncomfortable, but you were very clear and very forthright. And I love the fact that you've kind of taken the role of setting an example. You know, for me, yeah, for me, and I'll get in and out of this. Thank you for, thank you for recognizing that. Yeah. For me, transparency is the biggest thing. Like I had to find a balance too. I don't want to be too, you know, just the nature of the beast can be kind of some sensationalized, but you know, I was, I just, I'm just trying to be honest and transparent and, and, and come across, you know, just who I am. And uh, I'm really glad that that's what's happening. So thank you. That's cool. Because I'm always worried that it's going to be over the top because it's just the truth. You know? Well, I mean, in following you on social media, Tony, you, you just got new teeth. I right? did. Look at those <laughs> choppers. Oh, my God. <laughs> so were you, were you completely? So I, I didn't realize at the time. Did you not have teeth at all when we? I didn't have one tooth when I met you. I wasn't even aware of that. James, listen, it's kind of traumatic because, you know, for the last five years, I'm so insecure. I was so insecure about it. I was sure. ashamed that I've trained myself every time I would smile or laugh or think something's funny. I would train my lips to do a thing where you couldn't really tell because I had to be in the public all the time. So it's like, that's kind of damaging to the brain. I didn't realize it until I got my teeth. Now I'm smiling all the time. I make her, it's like, <laughs> I can't stop making people laugh because they're like, Oh my God. But like my brain, I have to retrain my brain and it's okay to smile. It's okay to laugh. So it's kind of, it's a really interesting place to be. <laughs> Wait, yeah. and we we went for punchki that night. Were you eating punchki in the car? Uh, pretending to, yeah. Wow. 
He, no, no he, I'm just kidding. I was. He can <laughs> eat, like, without teeth. It's actually, you know what? It's not that uncommon. Like, a lot of people get really good at hiding this type of stuff, you know. Especially, and especially drug use, yeah. Yeah, you know, with drug use, with the different things that happen to your body, like, you know, deterioration of your health and poor hygiene habits, to be frank, like, that's what happens. It's just a, something that happens when you use drugs. So, you know, but Tony's... He's uh, making making strides. <laughs> we also quit smoking. This is a big yeah, deal. Yeah, no more cigarettes, James. This is a huge deal for us because sure. that was like that was the last big boss that we had. Big vice, yeah. It was like you know we couldn't break from it. We didn't even realize the smoking. It like controls your whole life, just like drugs do. It's just more socially acceptable, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we feel great. It's been so, three months. <laughs> so you, as we're recording this, we're recording this on. April 26th, you just performed this past weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. How, you know, where was that and how did that feel? Oh. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so <laughs> we, it was like kind of an off the cuff thing. Like we got the opportunity, you know, really we saw that Warp Corpse was doing this festival in Woodstock and we're big fans of Warp Corpse and what they're doing. Um, they're, they're, trying to help build community with with skating and music. And if you go to Woodstock, the Woodstock Square, there's the, the War Corp Skate Shop. And there's just all kinds of cool stuff going on there all the time for the community and kids to, you know, have cool things to do in that area besides drugs. And it's just, it's amazing. So we saw that they were holding a, a benefit show to help build this community center, this skate park and music venue that they want to build. And we were like, we want to get on that. You know, it was outdoors. People who were in masks who wanted to, you know, and that's just, you know, how it was. And we felt confident, you know, the whole thing, it was just positive vibes, all different kinds of people coming together for a good cause. And, you know, it was live streamed too for people that's who awesome. didn't, you know, who didn't want to, you know, chance it. They could still be part of the show, you know, could still donate. That was really important to us. So, yeah, yeah that was cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, them at Warps Corps, they put it all together uh, with a uh, Liquid Blues. It's a bar out in Woodstock. Really great people. Yeah. Big shout out to them. Yeah, it was, that, it was a great experience. Yeah. That's one of the things I was just talking about with Martin Atkins of Pigface, this notion of taking the good shit we learned in 2020 and beyond and applying it to our future efforts. I mean, the idea of live, live streaming shows moving forward, I love it for people who can't attend, for people who, who just want access that for whatever reason can't be part of it. I, I would love to see that pull through to the... Uh, the, whatever the new normal is, yeah, more opportunities. The hybrid show is going to be common for a while. I think the hybrid show is going to be be the thing for a little bit here. Yeah. So, did I see? Are you also producing, doing some production work, like with other bands? Yeah. So yeah. Actually, we're right in the middle of it. Actually. We're uh, are we're you actually with the band right now? We took a, a little break to come speak with you. Uh, they shout out, say hi. They're they're called Nora Marks. Uh, oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. You'll uh you'll hear it. It's it's we're really excited about this. It's it's like. A lot of guitar stuff. It's just, it's. Well, I found love. You like Alkaline Trio, and they're big fans of them. Like, it, yeah, it's great. They got their own 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 vibe or their own taste. I love it. It's, it's been so much fun. Both of us producing this has been awesome. Yeah. And and it's it's been a good. I know you're you have a good partnership as songwriters, but production partnership that's holding up okay. Oh yeah. yeah. You're not stepping on each other's toes. We, you know, well, it's gonna happen a little bit, but we're like we're pretty good with each other. We have different opinions and different styles and things that we like, but you know, we've been working together on music for so long, and Tony's taught me everything I know on Pro Tools, so we already have kind of this working relationship that just kind of naturally transfers over to production work. 
similarly. Yeah, it's, it's great because, you know, at this point now, Cat can take uh, take over on Pro Tools and I can kind of get more involved, like hands-on with the guitars or, or drums and stuff like that. Before, I would be tied tied to the yeah. machine and it's hard, you know, and so and vice versa. Cat can work with them and I can, it's, it's a really nice workflow. It's really great. Yeah. One thing I learned during the pandemic is my computer can't support anything like Pro Tools. Okay. I, I, it just, I, I've seen so many beach balls over the past 12 months that oh my, God, yeah. my audio editor of choice is Audacity. That's all it's I can do. It, it works. Hey, yeah. If you know it, then that's all you need. That's the thing. Like, you know, GarageBand, depending on what you're trying to do, that kind of stuff is great for all kinds of things. You know, yeah, you need more of a, a heavy-duty system to run Pro Tools. Yeah, so. it's pretty intense. Yeah. I want like a Pentagon level hard drive. Like I, some... I think we just got that. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, you know, we, uh, it's, it's me and Tony and our bass player, Lonnie and my brother, Brian also, and all of us have pitched in to kind of like upgrade the equipment over the past year where we can. Cause you know, we're kind of forced out. We're right, like right on the outskirts now of the city. Cause we had problems with things during the quarantine. So we had to leave and, and kind of move back in with her grandma and we're facilitating all this in a, in a, in a garage that we've pretty much just hollowed out and made a studio and it's worked out actually better than the apartment back in the city. We actually finished the EP that we're going to tell you about that we're about to release. Um, <laughs> like that's like, Try to fit it all there, um, well done, Tony. finished that EP here and it was started in the apartment and then all this shit happened, all this stuff happened. And then we, uh, we came here and got regrounded. I lost my mind for about two months. I thought everything was over. I, I was, it was, it was, you know, it was all over. And then Kat kind of pulled me out of that. And um, we just kept their heads down, <clears throat> built the studio, got some clients, got some people, some fans in here that write their own music. And it just took off and things have been good. Things have been good. As, you, as you mentioned, you know, losing it for a couple of months, reason number 9 million. I'm so glad you two found each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh Yeah. I don't want to sound cheesy, but I would have been done if she if I didn't have her. There, yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, it, I don't know what else to say. The past 13 months has been hard on everybody, especially hard on musicians. But for both of you, recovering addicts, when you're stuck at home in your head, I, I'm sure it was incredibly challenging. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, trigger city, you know, but, um, yeah, you learn, you know, when you take, when you take recovery really serious in the, in the early, the early first two years, you learn, you get a lot of tools, you get a lot of, ways to kind of break out and look at it objectively before you do something stupid. And uh, it's been, yeah, it's been a huge help during this quarantine. So it's like, you know, my recovery tools came, came, came to play. So. All right. Well, broken robots, new EP on the way. Uh, thanks for jumping on. Trips. Oh, wait, we got, but there's more. There's more. Well, we're not, we don't not, not no, doing that. Okay. No. never mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Save it for a later date. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Broken Robots, thank you so much for doing this tonight. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much, James. Bye, James. Thank My you. pleasure. Bye. It is Carcon Carne, episode 600, the night of a thousand stars. And we move on to a, a, a guy whose voice just brings me to a standstill every time I hear it. He is Nathan Graham. He was heard on episodes 71, 74, and 391. You can find him at Nathan Graham Music. Dot com. Truly one of Chicago's most engaging performers, a fantastic songwriter and guitarist. Uh, we saw you on The Voice back in 2017, and I'm not saying your career is on a downward trajectory, but you're here on Carcon Carney now. <laughs> well, I actually like doing this way more. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little windy by your apartment. It is. It, it is very. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very much but you, so. But you have good natural light going, so why why mess with that? Yeah, well, there's also a broom here. Hang on. 
smooth that. Okay. <laughs> and, and you are a dude who can rock a hat and rock a beard. Thank you. you really, you, you've got, you've got to look. So a busy year, all things considered for Nathan Graham. Uh, we got fake friends, yep. which has this soulful vibe, this fantastic chorus, just a rollicking, wonderful song. And you covered, I shall be released. That's right. The, the band song that I love your version of that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, so with, it's funny because fake friends has a chorus, but it doesn't have a chorus. Like there's no, there's no, it's a wordless chorus, you know? So it's like, but everybody thinks like, oh man, I love the hook. And it's just like, well, it doesn't really have one, but okay. Well, I mean, you can argue that a hook is just a memorable part of a song. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then I shall be released. I, um, recorded that with, uh, I think, I think Joe George has been on your show. Um, he also goes as Joe Shadid. I don't know if I don't think so, but I, I'm going to yeah. feel awful if I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I have no idea. But um, if you haven't, you should. Uh, but fair enough. Uh, yeah, we recorded it with him, and we were talking about we were kind of talking about all the stuff that happened this year, and um, just like being under the heavy weight of all the COVID stuff. Also, oh geez, okay, that's for real. <laughs> yeah, Do you need real. to get into a basement or away from a window? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's not that bad. Um, but we were talking about all the stuff that happened with COVID and then all, everything that was happening with like George Floyd and all the, the, uh, the protests that were happening. We just thought it was a really good idea to do that song and because it, it just made so much sense. So was the past year, I mean, this was true for a lot of musicians. Was the past year a, a chance to woodshed? Were you just kind of working on your songs? Did you, did you feel the, the urge to write and create? You know what? It's weird because... You know, yeah, usually you do feel you think, oh, I have all this time now, you know, but then you kind of have this weight of will I ever get to do this again? Will I ever get to like play live again? And, and you start to kind of get nervous about it. And um, it kind of it, it does kind of hinder you a little bit. You do get really uh, in your own head about everything. And then you're just kind of like you're trying to write songs, but then it you get these like bursts of inspiration and then there's nothing, you know, for a, you know, a couple, maybe a month or so. And you start feeling like, Oh my God, I, I got to do something. I got to, you know, I got to create, I got to produce something. Um, but it, you know, it's like, it wasn't a normal year for anybody. So yeah, I don't necessarily think that you have to, you have to do that. Um, but yeah, I did, I did work on a lot of stuff. I'm actually working on a lot more now as we're coming out of it because I feel more hopeful for the future. Uh, I just got my second vaccination on Thursday. So I'm just very, I'm like very much like, oh my God, it's about to happen. It's, it's coming. I'm so glad I was talking about this with Josh Caterer earlier. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how emotional I would feel getting my vaccine. I, yeah. I, I was hit with all kinds of emotions and, and thoughts about what it represented and where I was at and what had come before. It was, I thought it was a profoundly emotional you know, 30 seconds. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, 30 seconds is right. I mean, you were in, I mean, we went in that line. I got in and we were, it was just like, go this way, go this way, go that way. Okay. Boop. And then you're done. And it was uh, like, uh, and then the longest time that it spent was this, the 15 minutes where you like, you know, did that observation thing where it's like, you know, just in case you freak out, but it was, <laughs> I mean, it was, the, it was the chill out tent, like at a, exactly. at a festival. Yeah. But it is, it was really emotional. Like the first time, the first shot, I was like, okay, I got the first shot. Okay, cool. The second shot, I was just the weight that had been lifted off 
my shoulders and just being like, okay, at some point I'm going to be able to do this live again. At some, at some point I'm going to be able to hug my friends again. Yeah. Um, and actually, oddly enough, this past weekend, we, I played a show with, uh, with my buddy Joe over at, um, Talia Hall and they, they, they're doing like a socially distanced, like 20 person sort of thing. And, um, it's getting on stage again was emotional. I bet. Yeah. So I, I don't think I'm telling you something you don't already know, but I think a full length album is long overdue. Yeah, that's 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 coming. Uh, I the reason why we didn't necessarily want to put it out during COVID because I really wanted to be able to tour right yeah. after I announced it. So once everything opens back up, hundred percent, then we'll be good. We'll awesome. All right. Nathan Graham, nathangrammusic.com is the website. Uh, I adore you. I, I'm really glad you're able to pop on tonight. Thank you. And uh, congratulations to 600 shows. That's a, Thank you, sir. A, yeah. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk soon. I can't wait to hear more new music coming from you. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan.